Hi, I'm Nathan Riley, the Holistic OBGYN. I knew that I wanted to change the maternity care model in the United States from early in residency training. I have now ventured out of the corporate medical space entirely to lend my support to this task. This podcast is a 501c3 and will feature important voices in the women's healthcare space, as well as present a more holistic approach to meeting the healthcare needs of women. If we want to see lasting structural change, then it's critical that we empower women to reclaim their vitality rather than merely treating their disease. We also need to support the reinstatement of the midwifery care model as the standard. Midwives, doulas, mothers, fathers, women, and witches, you have my support. Now on with the podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Holistic OBGYN. I've got another friend here today, my friend Ben Joseph Stewart. We haven't been friends for very long, but I have a feeling we're going to be tight friends for 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 many, many years to come. Uh, ben is a filmmaker, a musician. He's an extremely good-looking dad of a daughter and twin boys, his amazing wife, Barbara. Uh, we've got a lot of mutual friends, and we're finally, our, the universe has brought us together, probably not for this particular interview, probably for much greater things, but we're going to start off with this little thing and this little ditty. And um, Ben, tell everybody more about you and about how we met. Well, you were definitely right to throw in there, extremely good looking dad. I'm glad you said that. (laughs) (laughs) I should put that in my bio. Thank you. I gave the audience the smolder when you said that. Yeah, that's your number Um, one. That's your number one attribute, Ben. All the other stuff is like, yeah, I mean, you could use a little work, but like, God, yeah, he's made some films. (laughs) He's all right on the guitar. But, you know, if if it weren't for this, he'd be nothing. Right. Yeah, that's the moneymaker. That's Um, right. (laughs) Oh man, I should put insurance on it. So yeah, uh, yeah. more about me, man. Um, I was an army brat early on, so traveling the world nonstop, lived in Kwajalein, which is the Marshall Islands. So I got a taste of third world country living, got tuberculosis there. There was no treatment on Kwajalein, wow. so we had to move to Hawaii. And as amazing as that sounds, I lived there um, when I was like five or six my teacher hated me. Um, my brother and I were bullied. We experienced uh, massive racism towards haoles, which is interesting. Ha ole is breath ha, the breath and ole without. Um, wow. Because they they greet forehead to forehead and breathe each other's air where we stand, you know, as far as we can away and, and shake hands. Um, but anyway, moving wow. forward, um, moved back to the main 48. And um, got into sports, got into music, and uh, eventually the the music thing led to a freak out moment where I was like, if I'm going to do this for the rest of my life, then people have to keep liking my art and keep buying it. And what if I end up homeless because I don't make good enough art? And so I, I went into the military for six years uh, from wow. 17 to 23. I, I was in the Air Force. And in that time, as soon as I got back from tech school, uh, I, I joined this band. We called ourselves Hyrosonic, um, like hieroglyphics, Hyrosonic. We played on Lollapalooza. We were opening for Jane's Addiction, House of Blues, New Year's Eve events, Three Doors Down. Um, wow. Audio Slave, Perfect Circle, Incubus, uh, 30 Seconds to Mars. Big filter, The Used. Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. So. Uh, but you wouldn't tell if you would look at our bank accounts. We were like, you know, oh, you're a garage band. That's so quaint. And we were touring nonstop. And in that time, I started making films because people were asking, like, what are your lyrics about? 
And so I, as an artist, I decided I'm not just going to tell people, you know, get all analytical on them. I'm, I'm going to make a film about it. So I did. I made my very first film in 2007. I released it at the very beginning of 2008. It was called Esoteric Agenda. And it really went for the jugular on what I see going on in the world out there. But then I gave it a twist ending where at the very end, I, I pointed it directly back within. Like, this isn't something for us to blame the outside world. We need to do our own inner work. And if we're not doing that, we can't pretend that we're actually, you know, pushing into right the solution space. Uh, and then that just took off, man. I was speaking around the world nonstop um, for many years until I met Barbara, my now wife. I met her in Amsterdam. Um, we were, yeah, um, quick friends, went to Burning Man together, bada bing, bada boom, ended up having kids and, um, as, as, uh, uh, you know, as tends to happen at Burning Man. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, the, you know, I mean, from there I was just doing random stuff with Barb. I mean, we went to Northern California, we trimmed weed in the hills, the redwoods, um, up in Humboldt. Fell in, up in Humboldt, yeah. yep, Arcata, Eureka area. We stayed out of Eureka because th th there started to become a, like a meth problem there. Mm -hmm. But everywhere else was incredible. And then among the Redwoods, we had, well, we conceived Analora, our daughter. She's six years old now. Wow. So she was born with the fairies in the Redwoods in Northern California. Wow, beautiful. And that was when my wife was still Dutch. So then Gaia, thank God, because I was wondering like, man, I got to get a real job, like a real bank account. Um, and Gaia.com hand selected me. They just, you know, brought me to Boulder, made me a producer, put me on salary, allowed me to bring my um, my daughter and my wife over to Boulder and start the immigration process. And um, in that time, we had twin boys. So life just kept being like, Okay, that that last set of steps, I I pushed you down. You okay now? All right, because you got another like you know a couple flights. So a couple I mean, flights, what, <laughs> couple, couple couple flights, miles man. of stairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But strangely, I keep feeling like I'm falling up the steps because mm. every time a disaster happens, it it ends up like legitimately not just because I you know I have a way of spinning it and being like oh well you know I'm so glad that I got in that car wreck and I don't have a car right now and. No, I legitimately with the family, every time something would happen, we would end up um, stronger as a family and even in a better position with better networking. And right on. So I give a lot of that credit to the films that I've done and also meeting a powerful, amazing woman, because I, I have to say, Barb, when we are really, really driving, um, really aligned, there's like magic. There's nothing we can't do. And then when there's like some kind of, you know, aberrant frequency between us, all that is, is just showing us like, you know, you're not in product productivity mode. You need to go back within and find that harmony mm -hmm. and maybe rest and recuperate, which is hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. People like us have a hard time uh, <laughs> sitting back and slowing just down, slowing down. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> that brought you to Paul Check's birthday on uh, his 60th birthday. Um, do you want to share maybe uh, an elevator style speech of, <laughs> of how we met? Yeah. So, um, so Paul check living out, you know, roundabout San Diego, having his 60th birthday party. That was, was that September or August? I can't remember. I think now. it was August. Was it? Yeah, it was August. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it was towards the end of August. And, um, 
He said, Ben, you want to come out, uh, you know, hand selecting some people would love to have you out there. And there's also a small group that's going to stay after the birthday party um, to to kind of go deep and do like some some beautiful ceremony. And so I was like, man, I would love to. So I did what I always do. And I road tripped across the country with my family. And so I had the whole family there. It was incredible. And then um, my wife went up to L.A., stayed with some friends with the kids. And um, and, you know, to be perfectly honest, I'm pretty sure we we might have met, shook hands or said hi the day of the birthday party. But I was chasing around like twins that were messing with me, trying to like split up and um, so it wasn't until the next day that we really connected. Yeah, I feel yeah. maybe, maybe we connected the first day blowing a bag or something like that with Paul. But, um, the next day we got to slow down a little bit. There wasn't as many people. Mm-hmm. And, um, Paul brought me and you and Kyle Kingsbury and, um, Dr. Nick and, uh, a, another good friend, Jason, a uh, small group of people to make a mandala, which was really grounding. And um, and yeah, just experience some really well needed guy time. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had guy time in so long. I don't know about you, yeah. but that was like the first time in a long time I've had guy time. Yeah. And it's so important. It's so important to reconnect in a way with people your own age, outside of your family and your own gender, just to be like, you know, is, is this normal? Uh, <laughs> you know, am I in the twilight zone? And everyone's like, no, that's parenthood and that's normal. I'm like, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah. Wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. And it, that was an amazing two days that we all spent together. Um, I'm going to cherish that time for a very, very, very long time. There's there's few experiences or few opportunities to have to go that deep with a group of men. And um, we went deep. I, I will uh, echo that for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, Ben, you're here to answer a simple question that to which you've you've got some pretty profound answers. And as as an experienced dad, an experienced friend to other men, an experienced human, an experienced partner to a woman, I'm going to give you the same question I give everybody else. What are three things you want the world to know about caring for women? And we'll try to keep it as succinct as possible because I think you and I, we're going to have many more interviews in the future because we just have a lot in common and a lot to talk about um, through our life experiences. So the floor is yours, my friend. What do you think the world cool. needs to know? Um, yeah, you know, I, I really love this question. Um, and I love that you break it down into three different ways. Um, my, my first one was understanding that the, there's a language, um, a preferred language that women speak. Um, and I really believe that has more to do with simple gestures. Now I have read this book called the five love languages, Mm -hmm. and I do believe that's very valuable. Um, but I noticed that um, regardless of, of, you know, anyone that has been a partner of mine, I always notice that it's it's not all about intellectually just saying what's on your mind. A lot mm-hmm. of the times it's it's the quality of your attention, how you can hold space. Um, I've even noticed that when it's really challenging, like when the when the other, let's say my wife is is really in an emotional space and I'm doing my best not to dive down the emotional rabbit hole, but but also hold hold that space for her is my breathing. I noticed that like if my breathing is off, it's a subconscious cue to her mm. that that I'm basically showing how I'm listening, how well I'm doing as I'm listening. 
So I notice that if I keep my breath at a good like five seconds or six seconds in, six seconds out, um, that that is just an anchor. And it doesn't have to, you know, I don't, I don't have to say like any spiritual words around it. It's just an anchor. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's the quality of attention yeah. to what's being said. And then with that, I feel like women have a sensitivity that I strive for. I know there are some men that are extremely sensitive, but I, I was raised average American male, you know, in middle America. So I had to learn to bring a little bit more sensitivity to, you know, how people are doing. I, I can always tell if something's off with somebody, but I, I used to develop this like if 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 I don't think it's about me or if or if it's not something that seems very in my space, then I'm just going to let them deal with it. And I feel that another thing with women is, is like their sensitivity wants to be heard. But again, not just echoed back in words, but echoed back with small gestures. Hmm. And those gestures don't have to be right away. Um, but like within a day or two, I've noticed that if I can somehow laterally transfer what she was saying about what what I picked up, what was going on emotionally with her and not solve the problem, but somehow That's turn right. it into a gesture, turn it into a gesture that I remember I heard you. And this is what I came up with. So I was thinking about you even when you weren't talking, when we weren't together, when I was, you know, you know, laying upstairs with the boys and you were downstairs with Ana Laura, I was thinking about you and I was thinking about how I could help not fix the problem, not solve it, but how I could help. And so that's the second one wow. is, is learning how to take what I do pick up from our communication and gesture it back in a different way and hold the space differently than just with words. Yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, the, the third the third one is very, very simple and it's just massage your woman's feet. Women love when you massage their feet. And my wife is standing all day long, chasing around kids, cooking, barely sits down to eat. She barely has any time. I have no idea how she gets the energy, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how tired I am. Those feet need a massage and that's, it I, I whatever i could just sit there massaging her she'll talk away or she'll just lay there and not say a word and i'll massage her until i realize it's done and i'll just let her fall asleep and i'll i'll go upstairs and lay with the boys wow. and i think those things are are the gestures beyond words i guess yeah. all of it to me is caring caring for them by holding them in different ways gesturing back to them i think of you i think of you often and then also like man do they love foot massages so <laughs> that those would be my three yeah man wow you <clears throat> that's the show everybody goodbye <laughs> <laughs> the master has uh has spoken um i i have to say if you were to see me when i'm not at my a game <laughs> that that it was like okay maybe not master you know yeah. so like i toggle i toggle between master and uh entry level and like in like court so. gesture that's how kind of how i feel it's like court what gesture, what the hell yeah. am i doing you know it, it's funny how um i get a I, there's a thread of myself in your story um which and i'm glad you add that added that last little like sort of like footnote right disclaimer you know, hey, this is great advice, and I'm still trying to get this right every damn hour of every damn day. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this 
awesome conversation. Wanted to tell you quickly about my collaborator program. This program's for midwives, doulas, docs, birth educators, coaches, whoever. I am inviting anybody who works with women to enroll into this program for a monthly fee. And the way that it works is, let's say on Monday, you've got a patient who has some fertility issues despite working with them through an in-depth functional nutrition program. They're still unable to get pregnant. You want some insight from an OBGYN. You want me to review labs, imaging, etc. It's a great opportunity. Then on Tuesday, you've got a patient who, uh, let's say you're a midwife and you're caring for a, a birthing person who just got some ultrasound re- reports and you want to know, hey, is this still a person that that you know should be considered a good candidate for home birth, for example? Um, I'll give you recommendations. I'll give you insight. I'll even tell you what I would do right and then wednesday you might have a completely different question so this is a way to keep your patients out of the conventional model if desired and keep them on track for home birth if that's what they desire Um, or it may just help you better support them if they have to go in for a c-section or whatever else so there's going to be two levels there's going to be the silver level which will allow you that access if you want to go for the gold level the gold level will include a weekly live q a video conference peer review session with all gold level members including me Um, and you're going to find some of the nation's best midwives there and the opportunity here is that we're all engaged in an hour-long conversation it'll be recorded if you miss it you can check it out later through the website and we're going to be able to post questions and as a group discuss and and sort of I don't know, collaborate together as to how to best manage and answer those questions. Um, And of course, I'll be there to provide the allopathic OBGYN insight as well. So so that's my collaborator program. When you lock in a, a rate, a monthly fee, that fee will never change for you. Although I will say that the price of this program is probably going to go up as I've had increasing numbers of people reaching out and super interested. So Check it out. All the details will be at BelovedHolistics.com. And you can send me questions through the website as well if you need any further clarification. And I think that just about does it. Let's get back to the conversation. Because I can't tell you how many times Stephanie... I mean, Stephanie and I have been together. We we met when we were 15. So um, we did have a period when I was in medical school where we, we were apart. We were in serious relationships with other people we weren't we weren't even like in the same zip code or speaking or anything and and we got back together and we were like so much more evolved and emotionally available and we had our 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 shit together you know and so we got back together and like it was a match made in heaven like we finally got it right and i still do the same damn thing every time she comes to me with here's something really hard that happened in my life my my like it's this thing that was indoctrinated by my dad and my the other men in my life mm-hmm. that I am the problem solver. And she will still have to remind me, like, I didn't come to you for a solution. That's a great idea, but I didn't come mm-hmm. to you for, for a solution. I came to you without saying this. What she, meet, what she really needed was for me to hold space for the hard thing that happened. And then for me to, yeah. like you said in your second point, to sort of gesture that I've heard you I've understood you and, and absorbed that. And I'm trying to integrate that into how I can be better for you. Like that's all that she really, really needs. And she doesn't even need that. That's actually my sort of gift to just show her, Hey, I've, I'm here. I'm with you. I know that that was hard. Let me rub your feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, also like I can throw on humility in there. Mm-hmm. Like it, it goes, it, it goes such a long way when you can admit, 
I, I just had this with Barb yesterday. I think she was talking about some really difficult thing that's happening between her and a friend. And I was, uh, you know, like when it was my turn to, to say something, I just kind of like hummed and hawed. And I was like, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to just solve this problem but I noticed that that part of me just keeps ticking away mm -hmm. in the back of my mind. It's like, well, we should do this or maybe we can do that. And, and, and I, I rambled for like five minutes and it was the first time that I, I then went back to a little bit of comedy or just like lightening it up. And I was like, I can't even remember what I just said these past five minutes. How am I doing baby? And she was like, <laughs> and she just laughed. She was like, B plus. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Better than last time. Better than high school. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Wow. Yeah. yeah, humility, I think, comes into play. And, and even to the, to, to the point about being a problem solver, like we have to get over the fact that like we're not even great problem solvers. Like these are not problems that have a solution that's like, a, hey, I've got a nail. Let me go grab the hammer. It's it, I, what, what my wife does so well is she's able to step back and like kind of hold space for this whole thing that has unfolded without ever saying a word, without ever giving input and just sort of feeling through what's happening. And, and that also, I guess, gets into the sensitivity where mm -hmm. while I'm running around trying to find the hammer, she's like, well, wait a second, is that a nail? Perhaps it's a screw. Perhaps we don't even need to pound that hand, that nail and maybe we could hang a picture on it. I mean, like there's, there's, a, there's this, this realm of possibilities that open up when you're, you know, quote, problem solving with your partner that may not even require a tool. It's possible that we just need to reframe this. And I feel like the vast majority of women who have been great teachers to me in my life have demonstrated that just in how they approach everyday living, you know? Mm -hmm. You also notice how they, like, when I say they, I'm, I'm trying not to make that a blanket statement, but like women, it, it's an easier time for them to cry. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, I used to always think like, Oh wow, she's she's crying again. Like everything everything makes you know her cry. Like me, I I rarely cry. I'll get angry first. I'll get frustrated. And then I realize I think Bill Burr talked about this in one of his stand-up. He was talking about a dog that he was getting rid of and you know, it was about a month before the dog was officially out of the house. And she was crying every single day. And he was like, What is her problem? And then the day that it happened, you know, he couldn't even say goodbye to the dog. He just let it walk out the door and he bawled and bawled. And he was like, that's what they do. They they let it out little by little. And then on the day she was comforting me while I was bawling about this dog. And for me, I realized that mm -hmm. as well as like if you could just authentically like let it out, like think of children yeah. when they want to like if something's upsetting them. They make no bones about it. They don't bottle it up and wait till no one's looking or go in their room and hide. Some of them maybe. But like they just let it out. They let it out where they're at. They make no bones about it. And then it's over. It's right, done. Right. They can forgive so much easier in that respect as well. So I, I have to admire that about women as well, as they know when the release valve wants to open men, at least, you know, in my family and many other men, it's just like you don't show that you want to do that. You go hide behind a tree. Right. You know, right. Right. So, yeah, Man, that was and, our and condition. Cr and crying feels so good. Like when you're actually really crying, I mean, in our ceremony with, with Paul that we were talking about, I cried more that day than I've probably cried the preceding 12 months of my life, despite having a lot of really 
powerful emotional things, it, 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 we've just been modeled that it's not okay to cry. It's not okay to emote. But gosh, if men, 50% of the population were able to emote, it would be so much, it, there would be so much healing in our society, right? Instead, we bottle it up because that's the stoic, you know, way to, to go about an, a life of equanimity. And it doesn't serve anybody. It's just bottling it up until mm -hmm. it explodes later, whether that's in anger or, or tears or whatever, you know, or you can't sleep yeah. and you just, you, you know, you need to medicate or something to sleep. Like we, we need that. That is a really important message. There's a lot of wisdom in what you just said, Ben. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's also some neurochemicals that only come out through tears. Mm -hmm. uh, Kyle Kingsbury told me that just a couple of days after our, our ceremony. And I realized that like, maybe this is why men, I noticed that like, you know, men who are honest about it, you know, you'll watch a commercial and it's kind of touching and you'll start crying or, you know, you'll like at the end of a Disney movie and you, you can't stop crying and, you, you know, pretend like, you know, something got in your eye. But like, have we just been holding it in so long that any chance, any chance for it to come out? It's like, you know what? You're safe. You can do it now. Yeah. It's just your wife and your kids around. Like, yeah. I know like Elsa's going to be fine. Frozen always ends happy. You know, just let it out. <laughs> <laughs> let it go. They're going to they're going to perk you up at the very end. Everything's going to be fine. Totally. But I, I speaking <laughs> of Disney movies, it's amazing how uh, I've always loved the Disney movies and the soundtracks. Like, I think they do an, a phenomenal job. And my wife didn't have the experience of going to Disney World when she was a kid, but I can't wait to bring mm -hmm. our, we have our second girl coming, as I told you, in November. And I just can't wait to take them at like age 11 to Disney mm -hmm. World for them to experience that, that, that sort of, um, the feeling uh, of magic, you know, and the, the sort of possibilities. And, and I've really started embracing it with my daughter. Like when I, when I put her down to sleep, I routinely will hum to her a Disney song while I'm holding her. And before I lay her down and tell her, Hey, dad is going to go good night. I give her a kiss and she just lays there and eventually like will put herself to sleep. And, um, the song that always makes me cry is, is part of, part of that world by, uh, from the, the little mermaid. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, at the very end of it, every single time I start choking up, like it's such a therapeutic cry to be holding my little girl in her soft little cheeks and just getting lost in her little curls. And I'm just sobbing to little mermaid. And it, it feels like <laughs> when I just say it out loud, it feels so emasculating, but it's so healing and so therapeutic for me as a dad to be connecting with her like that. And, um, and so for all the men listening out there, like it's okay to be emotional when emotion is called for. Like that is a, a big part of our role in caring for women. Ben, thank you mm -hmm. so much for that. I mean, you, you're such a, a gift to the world. Um, I'm so grateful to be your friend. I really am. And, um, and your compadre in trying to make things better out here. Um, Same. Why don't you uh, finish off? Tell tell people how they can find you, how they can find your films. Your films are awesome. So tell them how they can find your films and how they can connect with you. Yeah, thank you. Um, BenJosephStewart.com is really the best way to find out what I'm up to. Um, it's just my my full name, BenJosephStewart.com. You'll find that, um, you know, the documentaries that I've made, they're all over the place. Some of them are on Gaia. So if you're on Gaia.com, if you have a subscription, Psychedelica, I've done two seasons of that. And also I hosted a show called Limitless, which is about human potential and um, also the unorthodox ways of finding how to develop our human potential. Um, I always have like an air of like expanded consciousness and spirituality in my work. 
Um, so I did a, a, a one on YouTube you guys can see called DMT Quest. And that's about endogenous DMT. Your brain produces one of the most potent psychedelics known to man. Um, why? So we, we ask all the psychedelic you know, juggernauts in that field to chime in on it. Um, I'm almost done with uh, a film with Aubrey Marcus. It's called Awake in the Darkness. He did seven days in a darkness retreat. And he just recorded himself, audio recorded and, you know, filmed himself with a camera. And it's kind of like Blair Witch Project, but, you know, different, you know, theme and um, super good soundtrack. I'm very excited about this one. It should be out premiering in Austin in November and then um, launching on Aubrey's channel sometime after that. But best way to get a hold of me, I, I do Waking Infinity News every single Monday youtube.com backslash by chance or fate you can find my waking infinity news on mondays also on thursdays of which you'll be one i have a podcast ben stewart podcast um every thursday at 5 p.m eastern it's live um so the audience chimes in it's really great and um and yeah that's it i mean a lot of my stuff i just put it free on youtube because it's it's for the world i don't want it to be like hey before i altruistically help you wake up first we got to settle something <laughs> i never liked that so i put most of my stuff out on um on youtube right on. so that's me benjosephstewart.com you'll find me ben thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day i'll let you get back to editing for for mr aubrey um and, and crying yeah and crying quite a bit yes yes you've got lots of that to do later i know um thank for you sure. so much my friend and uh let's stay in touch it's been a pleasure talk to you soon yeah it's been a pleasure man Thank you so, so much for listening to today's episode. Um, I'm so glad you're here and in alignment with our mission here at the Holistic OBGYN. We are a 501c3. We work by donations. So if you'd like to make a donation, go to belovedholistics.com. You'll also be able to find out more information about um, today's guest and anything else that was mentioned on the show. You can also find out more information about the collaborator program that I mentioned earlier. And again, whether you're a midwife, a doula, a birth educator, a lactation specialist, an an OBGYN, an MD from another specialty, if you need help and support from an allopathic and also holistic-minded OBGYN who's got training in a whole other bunch of stuff we never learned in medical school, please come and find me on the website for a very reasonable monthly fee. You'll be able to interact with me Anytime you need some support in the field. And if you want to join the gold level, you'll also have some help with prescriptions. You'll have some help from other people in the space, other midwives, other holistic lifestyle practitioners um, through our weekly live video recorded peer review sessions. I'll of course be there and I'll be able to give my insight, but more importantly, we're going to be holding space for the midwifery model of care and all of the beautiful attributes and contributions that the many great midwives in our country have made to this field and, and should continue to make and, and lead in this space. That does it for today. We will see you next time here on the Holistic OBGYN. Take care.